everybody. Welcome to the Escalators of Nowhere, a Simpsons podcast with Robert and Caitlin. I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. And I am a seasoned Simpsons fan. And I am learning. And we are continuing our way through the entirety of the series. This week, we have arrived to Season 3, Episode 6, Like Father, Like Clown. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And Caitlin is going to kick us off with some specs. Sure. Uh, this episode... Production code 8F06, written by Jay Kogan and Wallace Wolodarski, directed by Jeffrey Lynch and Brad Bird. Original air date, October 24th, 1991. October 24th, 1991. Mm-hmm. Very close to Halloween time. Yeah. Well, Actually, I guess next week's will be on Halloween, won't it? Uh-huh. So, I think so. Oh, I mean, it, it's Treehouse of Horror. It is Treehouse of Horror, so yeah. that would stand to reason. Yep. All, all right. Super. Mm-hmm. Uh, this... <laughs> This is a super good episode. I like this a lot. So um, I'm going to read the synopsis. This is going to be from the Simpsons wiki page. That is at simpsons.fandom.com. If you would like to check it out, I encourage you to do so. You can find a link in the description. The synopsis being, Krusty finally drops by to have dinner with the Simpsons and thank Bart for saving saving him from jail, a la Krusty gets busted, Mm -hmm. uh, and drops a bombshell. His real name is Herschel Krastovsky, and he is estranged from his rabbi father who disowned him when Krusty chose to become a clown instead of a rabbi. Now, Bart vows to reunite clown and rabbi. Bart and Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why has Bart got to get all the credit? I guess there's really... I, I don't really think there's a B-plot in this at all, is there? No. This is all one... It's all one big story. Yeah, a, a, a big, big old linear tale. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I just scared the cat with yeah. my T sound. <laughs> um, I, you know, I actually, I actually kind of have a pseudo story that aligns with this plot line here. Oh, and I just, it was, uh, I went to school for theater, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, while I was at school, uh, while I was in college, one random day, my father just he came over to me and he said. You know, I really wasn't sure about you doing this. And I was like, oh. And he, and he goes, but it just looks like there's really not much certainty in any business anywhere. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm glad you get to do what you want to do. Oh, and I okay. was like, thank I was like, you. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, this was like, like, uh, it was, it, I don't know, there was something about my parents' driveway, I guess, that spurs these kind of conversations, because he, are you looking at your... Sorry, <laughs> I just got a text. I'm listening. Uh, I am multitasking. I am telling you heartfelt stories over here, and you are looking at texts. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's just, it's just Neil. <laughs> it's our friend. Uh, Caitlin is celebrating a 10-year anniversary <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Of, of <laughs> doing an invent, a certain inventory at work with one of my friends. Oh. <laughs> so, anyways, um, uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know what it is about my parents' driveway, but like that's like the place where, like, after I graduated high school, he like told me he was proud of me. And oh, like, <laughs> it was, like in the car or just no, like... like standing like behind the car in the driveway. Oh, so okay. I think we were loading his truck is what we were doing oh. in that moment. Okay, but well. anyway, there you go. Okay. Do you need to go down there more often so you can have some driveway moments? Uh, no, I was uh, just telling you a story to kick off this episode. Okay, I'm while, sorry. While you were texting. Okay, well, <laughs> calm down. What? It's, I looked at my watch because you don't text at inopportune moments ever. 
What do you mean? <sighs> anyway, okay, let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> Credits. Do you have anything? Yes. Okay. Uh, did you? Did the chalkboard gag make you think of anything? Yes, it made me think of the mill pool. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yep. That's exactly where I went. It, so the, the chalkboard, chalkboard gag was I will always finish what I started, but the started is like has a line uh-huh. like zigzagging down. Uh huh. Yeah. That's yep. what it reminded me of. <laughs> um, that's yep. That's what I have. The couch gag was a uh, Bart jumping across the family laps in a yeah. sort of like centerfold style, yeah, laying down, leanly. Um, other than that, nothing really stood out. Mm-mm. I think Lisa's saxophone ditty was a little different. Was it? You mentioned that last week. I, I think. didn't notice. I didn't notice. I was writing though when she was playing. Oh, okay. Uh, I was writing chalkboard mill pool. That's what okay. I wrote. Um, so we open. Uh huh. We open on the Krusty the Clown show. Yep. And he is throwing axes at Sideshow Mill, who is strapped to the board. Um, And he says, I hold in my hand the final axe. And then he throws it at Sideshow Mill, and it hits him in the head. And Uh everybody laughs. Uh, That is exactly what happens when I try to throw axes. Yeah. (laughs) It (laughs) It just bounces off. It just bonks. Yeah. I've been axe throwing exactly one time, and I was not great at it. Oh, you've you've only gone once? Yeah, I think I've gone a few times. I've gone at least twice. Yeah, because one was like a bachelor. Yeah, and party then we went with our friends in Ohio. Uh huh. Yeah. So yes, but I <laughs> when when he when he uh uh when he threw the axe when Krusty threw the axe at Sideshow Bill and it bonked him right with the with the handle. I was like, oh, I know yep. what that is. Yep, <laughs> you know that feeling for sure. So uh, Bart and Lisa are. I think that's very very hilarious. Um, uh huh. And. Uh, the Krusty ends his show. He thanks Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, and Miss Donna Mills. Um, it, I don't know. Do you, have you seen Have you seen the South Park where Butters becomes General Disarray? I don't think so. I think that there is a. I th- so the whole joke with that uh, is that Simpsons did it first, uh-huh. and Butters is getting frustrated because all of his ideas w- have already been done mm-hmm. on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, General Disarray, one of the characters in South Park points out, who is it that keeps saying Simpsons did it? Oh, it's Kyle's cousin, Kyle, uh, uh-huh. uh, pointing out that uh, you know the Simpsons have already done everything that he comes up with. But I think that General Disarray, Kyle points out at one point, uh, it was uh, noted or it was uh, already had a previous iteration as Corporal Punishment. Oh, okay. So there you go. Nice. Um. I yeah you know, I don't think I've seen that. I haven't watched I haven't watched a lot of South Park either. <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot yeah. of early early seasons and then I probably fell off around like 2003 or 4. I uh, yeah, I guess so. I think I probably did about the time that I went to college and I wasn't at home yeah. at night anymore to yeah. watch them. Same. I uh, we went and saw in 1999 we went and saw the South Park movie. I've told you this story before. Um and my my family went and we went with my buddy brother dan uh who was my age we just called him brother dan because the preacher that we liked <laughs> called him brother daniel oh, <laughs> and I, didn't, uh, I don't i don't think i knew his backstory oh that was preacher lacy oh okay. we called him brother dan okay. uh so anyways um the whole the lore that popped up was that brother dan was preacher lacy's favorite <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, okay. and all that anyways um we all went to see the south park movie and my mother and uh, one of the other kids was going to go see something else. Of course, the South Park movie was rated R, mm-hmm. and this was around about the time they started getting more serious about not letting kids into R-rated movies. Mm-hmm. And 
anyway, so we walked up there and we we're like five for South Park and two for the other movie. Well, there's two adults standing there. And so the, uh, the clerk, the ticket agent mm-hmm. <laughs> said, uh, said, uh, one of the adults has to go in with the kids into the R rated movie. And my mother it interjected immediately and goes, he's going pointing at my father. He's going with them. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> And we were like, I don't think that, they, uh, I don't think they actually care. I, I think, think just, that that tracks. <laughs> I think they're just trying to keep <laughs> yeah. trying to keep. You mean your mom didn't want to see something entitled "Bigger, Longer, and Uncut"? Did That's you, weird. I did not know that that I did not catch that pun until like two years I, ago. It was not long ago. <laughs> it was yes, bigger, longer, and uncut. Yep. I just I so this is like this is part of the reason why like. Even if people see plot holes in a movie or guess them early on, I typically don't because I just often will you buy. Just accept it. Yep, I I think that's just improv training yeah. coming through. Yeah, <laughs> like I just see, buy what and that sell. that shows that shows me that our anxieties work differently. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah, so like that's part of the reason why like I think that people like going through haunted houses with me is because I am willing to just buy whatever they're selling in terms of. The walkthrough. This man is very reactive in haunted houses. <laughs> I, I cuss a lot. Sometimes I get in trouble in the houses yeah. because people. <laughs> yeah. The, and the, then the, and the then ghosts are like, stop cursing, sir. Sometimes the spook actors will address you by name and it's very weird. It's true. Yeah. I guess like they come to, well, one of those was because of a previous sort of social media yeah. thing that we did. And uh, one, one of them walked up and was like, I like your YouTube channel. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> okay. And then I ended up doing a show with that person. Yep, you did. <laughs> so, so. Uh, Krusty's ending the show. He yep. sings the f- lots and lots and lots and, and lots we, of fun. Uh, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Yeah. Um, now and the time then, has come. Yeah. And go. Then, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes, huh? <laughs> so, uh He's he's all jazzed, and then like cameras cut, and he uh, he's like not happy. Uh huh. Um, yeah, he's depressed. Yeah. The, he, the the lights go out, and as soon as the lights go out, he's he's down in the dumps. Yeah. So then, um, Lois Money Can Penny Candy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, Krusty's assistant, who I don't think we've ever seen before. I don't think so. Uh, I'm not sure how often we'll ever see her. I. I, I don't I don't know I can't think of another episode where I've seen her before. Um, so. I meant to look that up before we started, but I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> so she, you know, comes up to him. She's like, "Great show, Krusty." I really laughed, and he's like, "Not having it." He mm-hmm. cuts her off. He wants his nicotine gum. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Steve Jackson, are you out there? Have you ever seen somebody eat nicotine or chew nicotine gum before? Yes. You, you have. Yes. Oh. Oh, okay. Steve Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was just gonna say, like, the way that Krusty responds to the nicotine gum is the way that people who chew nicotine gum respond to it. Like, he puts it into his mouth and starts chewing it, and it's just this immediate, like, oh yeah, that's it. Right. I think he says that's the stuff. Yeah, ah, that's the stuff is what he says. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, all right. Uh, let me see. Um, <laughs> Mrs. or uh. Lois Penny Candy. Miss she, Penny Candy. Miss She'll Pe- make a big know, deal of that. I know. <laughs> Miss Penny Candy. She shows up in a handful of episodes later. Does Le- she? Yeah. Lisa the Beauty Queen. Uh, Krusty gets canceled. Bart the Fink. Brother from another series. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Shows what I know. The two Mrs. Nahasa Pima Pentalons. Uh-huh. Is That's, that right? Yes. I, I quoted right? that show the other day to somebody. Oh, did you? Uh-huh. Uh, somebody was talking about 
something to do at work, and one of these superiors was like, well, you know what I'm talking about here. And everyone apparently in the room was like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Nobody knew. And um, in uh, the two um, Nah- two Mrs. Nahasahima Petalons, mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 Apu's mother uh, comes up and uh, is uh-huh. talking to Bart and Lisa, who are supposed to be Apu's kids, and they ask they ask her what's with the dot her her, uh-huh. her forehead eye the eye is it an I, eye? I don't know anyways what that's anyways the um uh, they respond with the this quote they say as long as there are absolutely no follow up questions yes <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, um, I, I, I didn't explain that well. She, she says, surely Indian. you know about your Indian heritage. And then they respond with that. They right. say, yeah. It's called a bindi. A bindi. Or a patu. Oh. Yes. Um, I, did, I didn't know that. I did not um, know. I might have known that way back in the day. Anyways, she shows up in later episodes is uh-huh. the point we're getting at. Um, <laughs> Y'all with us? We're struggling over here. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, Mrs. Penny Candy is reading off the list of things that Krusty needs to do. So uh, he, has a, he, he has a 4.30 merchandise me- merchandising meeting. Cancel it. Therapist, personal trainer, cancel it. She says the opening line on the Giants is five and a half. That makes me ask the question, is Krusty a Giants fan? I don't know. And are we ta- I assume we're talking about football because five and a half is a pretty wide uh run margin especially for, for uh, early 90s baseball um yeah so he's he's betting a dime uh-huh and then 10 of something what he's betting a dime oh okay uh-huh 10 <laughs> i just assumed it was a 10 a cent, ten cent. Oh, which no, is not a lot of money for <laughs> um, on. no knowing crusty's gambling habits uh, which he will also reference later in this episode i i don't think is only 10 cents oh okay <laughs> Uh, so then, um, she says that there, uh, he's scheduled for a thank you dinner with Bart Simpson and mm-hmm. he says, I don't know a Bart Simpson. Yep. And then she explains to him that he's the boy that saved Krusty from jail. Um, which like major throwback to season Lead. one, right? Yeah. I think, I think, is this, I think this is the first time we have seen an episode directly show not just reference but directly show a clip from a previous episode yeah uh so we cut back to because yeah. you know season wiggum one, by, episode 12 is crusty gets busted wiggum by now of course has blue hair and uh the skin tone of wiggum is different but they they cut back to the actual clip from the first episode mm-hmm. with uh black-haired wiggum who is much more competent yeah. uh despite the debacle of crusty gets busted uh, with the, you know, well, we made a terrible, terrible mistake. Uh, won't happen again. Yeah, I don't really remember this this whole thing happening, especially Krusty Lake telling Bart thank you and all that, but I'm, uh-huh. I don't know. Um, so Krusty doesn't want to go to dinner yeah, at the Simpsons' says, house. Cancel it. Yeah. So then we cut to the Simpsons' kitchen. Right. Uh, <laughs> Santa's little helper is drinking from his water bowl. Mm-hmm. Maggie crawls on up. And she decides she's going to drink from the water bowl, too. I, yes. Um, that has nothing to do with anything that's going to happen. Nope. Because the phone starts ringing. That's right. And it's Miss, it's Miss Penny Candy, Lois Penny Candy, calling um, Marge. And you know says, hi, this is uh, Lois Penny Candy, Krusty the Clown's executive assistant. Hello, Mrs. Penny Candy. And she says, it's Miss Penny Candy, I can assure you, as she... Has the picture of Krusty the Clown on her desk. Yeah, so uh, some unrequited love for Krusty from Miss Penny Candy. Uh huh. Um, I wonder if that shows up. I wonder if that's I don't an know element of the future episodes. I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. 
Anyway, so uh, I'm sorry to inform you that Krusty will once again not be joining Bart for dinner. Marge says, oh, dear, this is the fifth time he's canceled. How can he hurt someone who loves him so? And then this is where we get the, oh, Mrs. Simpson, I've wasted my womanhood asking that same question. Ooh. I apologize for him. <laughs> Something really important came up last minute. Uh-huh. And that's when we know that Krusty, the really important thing that came up is him um, cleaning his bathroom. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's scrubbing his shower. Uh, which I did yesterday, so I, I hear you, Krusty. <laughs> um, so he's like, "Yeah, that's good enough." Yeah, and he's uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he's scrubbing out the mildew specifically. So I, th- mildew. I think all of this is to like, well, it is to set up like he's not in a great mindset. He's not in a great mindset, and he also is just he's not actually doing anything important. He all is right, just he just shirking. Do- he just doesn't want to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, like. He's depressed, I guess, would be uh-huh. the best way to so, describe it. Anyway, Marge says, well, thanks for calling. Goodbye. She hangs up. And we cut then to Bart's room. Bart is on the phone with Milhouse. And Milhouse uh, is, uh, well, he's asking Milhouse, how many crusty autographs should I put you down for? Now, Bart, just just so we're clear, this is the fifth time that yeah. he's supposed to have come to dinner. Yeah. He has canceled on you four times before. Yeah. Well, he's a kid. He has faith. Yes, I guess so. What's supposed to happen will happen. Now, here's a question for you. Uh huh. Do the Simpsons have two phone lines? Oh, I didn't even because think about that. Because yeah. this is like literally back to back. It's very clear that Bart has been talking to Millhouse for a little bit. Uh huh. So I don't know. It's just. Oh, maybe so. Something I noticed. Something we if, don't have to worry about anymore. If this was 1997, I would say they yeah. probably do have a second phone yeah. line for the dial up. Yeah. Um, but considering this it's is 91. Nah. Mm, yeah, probably not. Yeah. I know like my cousins because they, <laughs> when they were teenagers, they were teenagers in like the 80s, early 90s. Uh-huh. Uh, they had their own phone line because they would tie up the main phone line so much talking oh, to their really? friends. Yeah. That they had their own phone line. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so... I used to tie up the phone line a lot, actually talking to Brother Dan. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I used to I used to talk on the phone to my friends pretty often, but like the the time when we were t- well when I when we were teenagers is when the internet was like uh-huh. becoming an actual thing. So I feel like talking on the phone translated or. Uh, didn't happen as much because we had instant messenger. After, yeah, after instant messenger. Yeah, there was no need. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't like, t- I've never liked talking on the phone and I definitely don't like doing it now. Send me a text. <laughs> uh, that is true. Uh, I, I, I like, I talk to you. I talk to uh-huh. my mom. I talk to certain people on the phone, which is fine. Right. But don't call me. Because I probably won't answer. <laughs> I mean, chances are good that I'm probably going to be doing something that I can't answer anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't pull my phone out at work. Yeah, and- like, that's the thing is, like, you know, like, the audacity. <laughs> it's like, and sometimes, like, you have to, like, I have to, like, tell people that. I'm like, they're like, what's a good time to call you during the day? And I'm like, there's you no can't. good time to call me during the day. Yeah. Like, I cannot guarantee that I'll be able to look at my phone if, yeah. you know, if you call I mean, me. there are some days where I, I will text you. Like several different things across several different hours, yeah. and I don't hear from you. Uh-huh. I know you're okay because you're at work, right? But like, it's you know, there's just certain days where you can't 
do I that. I think yesterday was one of those days. I think mm-hmm. you texted me at like 10 in the morning and then like I had like around a noon text and then like a 3 p.m. text. Yeah. And then I finally saw And you're like, oh, okay. At, <laughs> after five. Yeah. Like, and if it's something really important, then I'll call you and uh-huh. you'll see that I've called you. So maybe you'll like make a little extra effort to... Uh-huh. Unlike unlike my father, speaking of my father, who will just, like, he wants me to call him. He will text me th- this phrase exactly. Call me when you can. Yeah. No punctuation is, or anything. That is, <laughs> my mom does that too. And normally when she does it, it is someone's dad. <laughs> like, like, or there, there's bad news. See, there's my anxiety coming through. Call yeah. me when you can. Oh, shit. Oh, Who's fuck. dead? It's, yeah. like, it's like when your boss says, can you come in when you have a chance? Or like, you know, yeah, yeah, come, yeah, yeah. come to my office when you have a chance. Oh, fuck. Oh, well, I can't, what did I do? I don't do? have time until like three. It's 9 a.m. Like now yeah. I'm gonna be thinking about this for six hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the worst. So anyway. anyways, Bart is on the phone with Millhouse. Yeah. Bart says, uh, you know, how many uh, autographs could I put you down for? And he goes, a hundred. And he says, consider it done. Did you, did you ever, did you have any autographs from famous people when you were young? Did you ever like get an autograph from someone famous? Um, <laughs> this is random. Oh boy. Here we go. Um, the, uh, there, when I was younger, like, there was a little a girl that lived across the street who was a couple years older than me, and uh-huh. her, she and her family took me to some concert at their church, and it was one of the members of the group that sang Under the Boardwalk. He was doing like a concert. Oh, really? And I got an autograph from him, which was weird. <laughs> and I remember he spelled my name wrong, and I was like, Meh. um, that's like when I was young. That was like the only instance except if you count my trip to disney world where uh-huh. i have like all the oh, character autographs. oh i see uh-huh. yeah yeah i have alan alda's autograph did you buy that no i met him oh you met you met him yeah when did you meet him um when i was a senior in college oh he did a book signing in washington and um, some friends and i went up there and we oh, stood well, in line and got our book signed wow yeah do you think people are going to get the Queen's autograph? <laughs> oh, no. I say that because you mentioned standing in line. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking uh, about. I don't think so. <laughs> Given the circumstances, probably not. There was a very funny, uh, there was a very funny Twitter thread that I posted on my personal Facebook page about the queue for the Queen and about the queue becoming. And its I own read thing. through it last night, and I kept reading it as "God Save the Queen." Oh, really? And like the queue, <laughs> like I kept like it, like God kept save the flipping queue. in my brain, like "God Save the Queen" or uh-huh. like the. Queen Queen is now in Germany or I whatever. Think my, I think my favorite, uh, I think my favorite element of that thread was that six people were pressed together and are now one monstrous yeah. person. <laughs> I can't, yeah, I can't imagine. I saw a TikTok yesterday of some people. They they got in line at twelve thirty a.m. So uh-huh. just after midnight, and they did not get through the queue until three thirty p.m. the next day. Wow. Woof. I mean, three thirty p.m. I guess the same day technically, but. That's I, a long time. Man, that makes me think about people that like on the day that the Harry Potter coaster opened yeah. down there were like in line for seriously eight hours. Or more. Like, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Y'all do that. I'll go ride the rest of rides at freaking Universal Studios. Yeah. And I guess maybe I'll come back in a year and ride it. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's different because that ride's going to be there for that's what you know forever. that's what i'm saying like this is like a, a a historic moment yeah and i i mean i understand that and i i, I and i feel like 
I don't know. Uh-oh. Like I think I said, I, well, I did say, I definitely said this last week. I am no monarchist, but I do feel like if I were in London, I just happen to be in London right now. Maybe I would get in line mm-hmm. and and to see it for the sake of seeing the history. Yeah. Of it, right. Or being a part, feeling like you're being a part. Or of like, it. or imagine being like one of the people when the kids were standing vigil or like when the grandkids oh. were standing vigil uh-huh. that'd be cool but i mean that's like total luck of the draw i guess mm-hmm. but uh, I, i'm surprised they still let people in while they were doing that just for security reasons yeah but i'm sure that place has because the crown jewels are just like hanging out yeah um yeah 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 <laughs> uh you know i i think uh i would get in line i think mm-hmm. just because i we, uh you know what my favorite part of the crown jewels tour at the tower was Standing on the little sidewalk. The moving. little moving sidewalk, yeah. yes. My, that, that was not my favorite part, but it was involving that. Uh-huh. My favorite part was Henry VIII's codpiece. Oh, yes! <laughs> yes! Although that wasn't on the moving sidewalk bit. That was... It wasn't? That, that's in a separate room. Oh, but, oh man. Yeah, I have yeah. that, I have associ- I'm serious. I have associated those two things right. like, for a long time. Yeah. I got to go back to the tower at some point and make sure. <laughs> <laughs> got to make sure I'm right about the uh-huh. codpiece. No, that made an impression on me as well. Uh-huh. Because, hot damn. Like, number one, his suit of armor is huge. Yeah, now, he's granted, a big boy. It's in a case, so it, it yeah. makes it seem much bigger than it actually is. But, yeah, that cod piece is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was, think it was a little bit of a statement. I was I don't... talking shit about Henry VIII uh, at work yesterday. I called him a tyrant. Oh. <laughs> did, you, did you see the... Um, there was somebody on Twitter was talking about how King Charles is d- a divorcee, so he should never be allowed on the throne. And somebody says, I hate I, to tell you. Yeah, I got, I, I got <laughs> post a picture of Henry VIII. Yeah, boy, do I have a story for you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, exactly. That's, that's wild. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I just, I just was, was watching with baffle like I was totally baffled at people that were like oh I think that Charles is going to abdicate and and give it directly to William or like the queen is going to you know remove uh, Charles from the line of succession is going to go straight to William I was like she can't like, do that like, that is not how well it works. especially now she can't do that yeah somebody and, one of our friends said I was hoping she would abdicate and give it to William first of all not possible second of all the reason she is queen is because her uncle abdicated and that like totally fucked up her family and her poor, like watch the King's speech. Like her dad was never supposed to be King Mm -hmm. and like him being thrust into the spotlight, like had detrimental effects on like his mental health. And like, he had a hard time. Now granted he was very popular because he reigned through world war two. Right. But you don't know what you're talking about. But but also, but also, the thing is that why in the world would the royal family do something to indicate to the populace that they don't have to follow the rules that establish the royal family? Yeah, they would never, ever, ever do that. Yeah. Now, like, what Charles does is what Charles does, but like, the idea that the queen would like supersede Charles with William is a stupid idea or a ludicrous idea, I guess is the best way. But yeah, you're right. Like the only reason they're Royals is because of these rules and, and because of their bloodline. And yeah, that's and the only reason. I mean, that's what, that's what treason was like, like that's what, that's what treason in, uh, in, in it's like purest form 
is. Like high treason by way of British common law is messing with the bloodline. Yeah. Like under the like in the old days, I'm not sure how 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 strictly it is or strict it is now, but like having an affair, if you were a royal and you had an affair, like if you were a royal male and you had an affair with an outside woman, right? Mm-hmm. Then, and then that's fine because you're not messing with the bloodline. Right. But if you are a royal woman and you have an affair with an outside male, that outside male could be put to death mm-hmm. because he was potentially corrupting the bloodline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the offspring. And of course there's so many rumors about, I mean, the modern royals, but then like, you know, w- was this person actually legitimate? What not? Of course, this yeah. is how you end up with the uh, oh, what are the, what are the Spanish kings that are super inbred? Habsburgs. The Habsburgs. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> talk about a tangent. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. What were we talking about? Yeah. So we're we're talking about um, Krusty's coming to dinner. Oh, yeah. Bart is getting man. Bart that hangs up. Way. Yeah. I know. That went from telephones to, <laughs> to the royal family. To the royal family. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. The Queen's um, funeral is tomorrow, so hope oh, next that's week right. We're might not. To get up early and yeah. watch it. <laughs> you don't have to. It's my, it's my day off. <laughs> you don't have to. You I'm, can take a nap later. I I'm, gotta go to work. <laughs> I'm gonna make a drinking game out of it. Great. Five forty-five in the morning. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, so okay. So, anyways, Bart, Bart is getting ready. Bart's getting ready. He's got his little crusty cologne that he's putting on himself. The warning label on the crusty cologne says something about using in a well-ventilated area. So you can only imagine what that <laughs> smells like. Uh huh. Um, and then he, you know, he gets dressed. Okay. He comes- here's- I, I, here's my question. Okay. Does this cologne smell better or worse than the French perfume that he bought Marge in, or brought Marge in uh, the grapes, uh, crepes of grape, crepes of wrath? Yes, crepes of wrath. I thought it was um, life on the fast lane. Oh, that was life on the fast lane. You are correct. <clears throat> yeah. But he didn't he bring her French perfume back when he came. He brought her a dress. That's right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yep. Nope, Life on the Fast Lane. Yeah, I think it is the same. <laughs> it's different packaging. <laughs> the exact same thing. It just has a... Yeah. Okay, I'll buy that. Yeah. Um, we already know that... Well, we know from later episodes, at least, that Krusty will slap his name on any and everything. Yeah. So... Yeah, well, he's already canceled the merchandising meeting, so I guess like oh, he yeah. doesn't really care what, what his name is being slapped on right now. That's right. Um, so, anyways, uh, we uh, Bart is getting ready, singing to himself. He comes downstairs, mm-hmm. and he walks in, and the family's sitting at the table, and Marge stands up and says, I'm sorry, but Krusty isn't coming to dinner again. Bart is disheartened so yeah. much that he goes upstairs... And he writes a letter to Krusty. On his, on his, uh, from the brain of Bart. stationary. Yes. Um, and it, 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 he says, dear Krusty, this is Bart Simpson, Krusty buddy number one, six, three, zero two, respectfully returning his badge. I always suspected that nothing in life mattered. Now I know for sure. Get bent, Bart Simpson. I'm actually kind of surprised that his crusty buddy number wasn't 24601. I know, but, but that's a Sideshow Bob's prisoner number, isn't it? It's lots of uh, prisoners' numbers. Okay. Actually, um, uh, uh, Skinner's helmet is, uh, from, oh, from that, Vietnam. That's is, what I'm thinking of. It's yeah. his, his prisoner But number. I think it's utilized for a number of prisoners in Springfield is 24601. Okay. Anyway, so uh, as he's writing this, he, of course, is dictating it. Uh, or at least a voiceover is dictating it. And then we fade into Miss Penny Candy, mm-hmm. who is reading it as well. And then after she she is determined, but we cut to Krusty, who is in his office, and he's going to call... He's going to call the sexy, the sex chat sexy line. line. Yes, I wonder if he, he maybe... Uh, 
I wonder if maybe he at one point <laughs> called one nine hundred eight 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 men. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, so <laughs> he calls the line picks up and it says, hi, you've reached the party line. Uh-huh. And then in a moment, you'll be connected to a hot party with some of the world's most beautiful women. Now let's join the party. <laughs> and so he joins the party and it's just a bunch of dudes, yep. including a poo, uh-huh. uh, some other people I didn't recognize. Some real, some real, an- some real uh, ancillary characters here. Yeah. yeah. Just random men. So they're all talking. They're like, Hi, are there any women here? One um, of them in the top left here sort of has a Cletus vibe going on. A little bit, yeah. Um, and then they're, they're, uh, Apu says, are you a beautiful woman? And then Krusty responds, do I sound like a beautiful woman? <laughs> Which you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then this is not a, as hot a party as I anticipated. <laughs> I, I really wish that... Uh, that I, was Apu I really wish that, that Selma had been there. <laughs> that would have been funny. Or Pat. Yeah, either one of them would have been funny. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I feel like there was there's a, a an easy joke there considering the way that that Selma sounds and the uh-huh. way that Krusty sounds. Yeah, yeah. For <laughs> anyway, sure. but for that's sure. not what we got. That's okay. No. It was still funny. Yeah. And anyway, she uh, Miss Penny Candy walks in and hands the letter to Krusty and says, "Read this." Now, surely she knows this is a power play on her part. I think. Yeah. She knows that he's illiterate. I forgot he was illiterate until this moment. Oh, really? I actually wrote that down. I said, oh, yeah, Krusty's illiterate. Uh-huh. So he's reading the letter. He's, you know, he's sounding it out. He's, he's trying, trying. To s- the word dear Krusty. Yeah. Krusty yeah. uh, apparently not only is illiterate, but he's not good at context either. Because <laughs> if it's a letter to him, surely he would get pretty quickly. If that it says dear Krusty. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, so eventually Miss Penny Candy jumps in and she says that... Uh, the little boy who never lost faith in you has lost faith in you. Mm-hmm. And um, she, then she insists that he is going to go to Bart Simpson's house for dinner tonight. He, he tries to he tries to resist, but I have plans, and she slaps him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, not the face, he says. And she says, why, you maddening, impossible man, if you don't go tonight, I won't be here tomorrow, which I guess is of high value to Krusty because uh. he... he uh, he relents. Ac- he acquiesces. Yeah, he says, "All right, I'll go." And then she's she's happy. She gives him a hug, but he's upset because he's going to miss Schnapps night at the Friars Club. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's. I funny. was talking about the Friars Friars Club the other day because uh, somebody was complaining that they watched a recent roast of somebody. Yeah, that was uh, that was here with our friend Ed. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. How how they're not funny anymore? Well, yeah, the yeah the old Friars Club roasts were funny because those because they all knew each other yeah. and they all actually like really did like they their like their phrase is something to the effect of we only roast those whom we love right. Uh, but that's just not the way that Comedy Central does it. They just get a bunch of celebrities up to read jokes that were written by somebody right. else, uh, and it, it you can see it. Yeah, it just isn't as funny. Yeah. Um. So then we see Bart come into their kitchen yeah um we cut from Krusty's office to the simpsons kitchen yep um marge tells him to wipe his feet he is very depressed um you know she says wipe your feet he goes why bother they'll just get dirty again and Uh then she tells him that Krusty the clown is coming for dinner tonight and this makes bart extra happy boop he's just he perks up immediately uh and uh, he asks for sure, and March says yes, uh-huh. and then this Bart says, "God bless that clown." 
So then we cut, and we are at, in the living room. Everyone's ready for Krusty to show up. Bart's got, got his suit back on, the mm-hmm. very same suit that he was going to wear for the last dinner. Yeah, uh, I love that. It, I love that his suit has shorts. Yeah, he doesn't little, have long. This pants. is his. Yeah, this is the same suit that he wears to church a good deal. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know why I like that so much, but he does, and it, it's, <laughs> it's it's just cute. such a little ki- little. It's kid. a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah d- like Bart's a very adult character in certain respects, but you're reminded that he's a little kid in other aspects. Him and Lisa both. Yeah, we get that a good deal with them and that uh, playing to those strengths in the convenience of the moment really helps define the characters a lot. Right. But um, anyway, so the doorbell rings and we hear a (laughs) out there and Homer goes, do you think it's him? (laughs) (laughs) And so then he comes in, he's like rolling around on the ground. He does a bunch of somersaults and then he lands like right in Maggie's face and she is not having it. I do not blame her. Yeah. He, he rolls right up to her. Hi kids. And she, she just bolts back behind Marge. Did you have a clown phobia when you were a child? No, I've never had a clown phobia. Okay, I had an intense clown phobia when I was a child. (laughs) I'm, I'm fine with them now. Are they my favorite? No, but um, I was very afraid of clowns when I was a kid. Uh, so I, I feel did, you, Maggie. I did read something or watch something at some point, like discussing the the science behind clown phobia, mm-hmm. and it has to just it has to do with the obscuring of someone's face. And the fact that you can't actually know what right. you're looking at. Yeah, that like that tracks because I was also afraid of. Uh, like mascots. Oh, like, really? I mean, yeah. Oh, no. I didn't, I didn't like that um, either. It, mm-hmm. They just made me nervous. Uh, so that makes sense. Is, is, uh, did you? Were you going to get in trouble for kicking the itchy in the butt? Uh, no. Because <laughs> I never would have been in that, that there to be oh, in the I, first place. <laughs> uh, I do remember, though, like very vividly leaving. I think it was TJ Maxx. And there, there was a... Um, Chuck E. Cheese next door and they had Chuck E. Cheese out on the sidewalk waiting uh-huh. and like the moment my fear broke I like waved to Chuck E. Cheese and like he didn't like attack me <laughs> so uh-huh. the um the band at Chuck E. Cheese the animatronic band uh-huh. still freaks me out don't like those uh, you do know, not my, like those my favorite YouTube video of all time is that somebody took the old uh, showbiz pizza band and put it to pop lock and drop it it's, it's <laughs> so creepy I that's such a good video I might put it on the um I might put it into the uh the, uh, the yes, the Facebook group, uh, so that people can watch it because it's 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 my favorite. Vi- it's, it is my favorite YouTube video of it's all time. Not, <laughs> it creeps me out. Anyway, um, so Krusty is in, and then there's another uh, doorbell ring, and mm-hmm. Bart opens the door, and who should it be but Millhouse? Oh yes, and he says, "Hi, Bart. I was just in the neighborhood, and <gasps> what? Krusty the, the clown? clown? What a surprise! Yeah, so." Um, Bart tells him, he's like, you can come in and drop the charade. Yeah, I know. Very I... fancy. Oh, Bart must be part of the British royal yeah. line as well. <laughs> Bart stood vigil next to the Queen's <laughs> coffin a couple days ago. That's right. Anyway, so Crusty uh, is like entertaining. He's got, he's on his unicycle. He's got something bouncing from his nose. Uh-huh. And Bart says, oh, you know, you don't have to be on tonight. Um and then I think, is it Homer says, what are you talking about? Of course he does. Yeah. And then um, Lisa says that Krusty is our guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, um, your pratfalls and your uh, punchinello, yeah. 
Punchinello antics are n- aren't necessary here. And they, they, he's like, really? Um, and they tell him to relax, yep. blah, blah, blah. And so he's like, he's, he's at ease now. Yeah, he says, oh, that's a relief. So he starts to pull some stuff out of his clown bag, which is very much a Mary Poppins bag, it would appear. Yeah. And one of the things he pulls out is Mr. Teeny. Yep. He tells Mr. Teeny to go wait in the car. Not named. Unnamed, that's Unnamed. right. But uh, yeah, so he like wheels himself outside. Yeah, he's on roller skates. Which is funny because when Krusty leaves, there is no car. He walks home. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, he does. So I don't know where Mr. Teeny went, but um, anyways, so Homer's disappointed at that. He's like, oh, we could have seen a monkey. Uh-huh. Um, so then we go to the dinner table. Um, yep. Dinner's ready. And Marge says, who wants to say grace? And then uh, Lisa says, why don't we let our guests do it? And then Millhouse starts praying. <laughs> Bless us, oh Lord. And it was so funny. And then Bart smacks him. And he's like, no. Um, one of one of many good laugh out loud moments in this episode. Yes, yes. Uh, and then um, they ask Krusty to do the honors. And he says, okay. But he's a little rusty. Uh-huh. And then he starts praying in Hebrew. Uh-huh. And this is where we learn. That Krusty is Jewish. Yeah. Uh, Homer starts laughing at him because uh-huh. he thinks he's making jokes. And he says, he actually says he's talking funny talk. And uh, that's where Lisa you know, points out to Homer that that's Hebrew. He must be Jewish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Homer's response, of course, is a Jewish entertainer. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Lisa explains to Homer that there are many prominent Jewish entertainers, including mm-hmm. Lauren Bacall, Dinah Shore, William Shatner, and Mel Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> and Homer is surprised that Mel Brooks is Jewish. Now, do you know who voices? Oh wait, we're not there yet. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blow that one. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm gonna explain to you. I what was I gonna just bring saw. up another no, no, no. Jewish. I want to explain to everybody what I just saw. I just saw my wife realize she had the opportunity to use the phrase "blow my wad." No, that's not no, true. No, yes, it is. And no, 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 because I saw your eyes light up as you were speaking <laughs> when you realized. I you, realized that was what was coming out of my mouth. She looked right at me with this uh, sort of look. <laughs> and she was so pleased when she delivered it. <laughs> well, yeah. I I used to have a coworker who would say stuff like that and not understand the implications. Oh, really? She would say she was going to blow her wad. Uh, she would talk about breathing heavy and like just different things. And we'd all be like, oh, what? <laughs> so anyway. So anyways, um, this the this Mel Brooks joke, uh, Homer not realizing that Mel Brooks is Jewish, is very funny considering that like half of the jokes in his movies are about everybody being Jewish. Yeah. Or at least him being Jewish. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so uh, we, we then get Krusty, who uh, is... Sorry, y'all. They're at the table. Homer makes the Mel Brooks jokes, and then we hear crying while the camera frame is still on Lisa and Homer. And then we slide over to Krusty, who is crying. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that uh, saying the Baruka, Bruka, uh, brings back a lot of painful memories. Mm -hmm. And this is when we get our first flashback uh, to Krusty's childhood. Um, Homer's not at all sympathetic to this he asks Krusty if he's gonna finish his meatloaf but um yeah so he starts to tell the family 
Well, we get um, uh, Lisa makes a, a reference here. She says he's like a black velvet painting coming to come to life. Is that like a Pagliacci reference? I don't think so. I mean, those black velvet paintings—they used to be a bunch of sad clowns, right? That's what they painted on. Oh them. yeah, maybe. And I think they were like. That's not. What I was thinking of like the black light velvet posters, but you're probably right. <laughs> like, like the ones you get at Spencer Gifts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Somebody had one. Who was it? Maybe it was my mama had one back in like they were popular in the seventies, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And. Um, Anyways, they very often, hers didn't, but I think they very often depicted sad clowns uh, inspired by Pagliacci, I think. Right. That's the right clown, right? That's the right, I'm, I'm making the right reference Tears there. of a Clown, yeah. Okay. Because they talk about Pagliacci in that. It's the one that goes, I, I don't know. I don't know the words, but uh, <laughs> they're, they're in Italian anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, so this is when he starts telling the Simpsons his, oh, the Simpsons and Milhouse, can't forget him, uh-huh. um, his backstory. And he's he says, you know, first of all, my real name isn't Krusty the Clown. Mm-hmm. You don't say. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Herschel Krustovsky. My father was a rabbi. His father was a rabbi. His father's father. You get the point. Yeah. Um, then we cut to the flashback scene of uh crusty and his dad walking down the streets in the lower east side of springfield yep he says that his father was the most respected man in the lower east side of springfield and people would come to see him from miles around to ask his advice so he uh yes he so uh people come up and they're asking him questions and the questions he get are uh rabbi krasovsky should i finish college yes no one is poor except he who lacks knowledge there's a roman maxim that's very similar to that it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's not he who has little but he who de- he who desires more who is poor oh um and okay. the, uh rabbi should i have another child yes another child would be a blessing on your house rabbi should i buy a chrysler and then he says, can you rephrase that as an ethical question? Um, yes. Is it right to buy a Chrysler? And he says, yes, for it is, it is, for great is the car with power steering and Dynaflow suspension. <laughs> yeah. And then Krusty, little boy Krusty, says, Papa, when I grow up, can I be a clown? And he says, no, a clown is not a, not re- a respected member of the community. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, uh, where we learned that. Uh, Papa, Papa Krastovsky does not approve of Krusty's way of life. That's right. Seltzer is for drinking, not for spraying. Pie is for noshing, not for throwing. But Papa, but nothing. You'll do as I say, or you'll get such a zets, which I suppose is a whooping, uh-huh. uh, that you won't even know what hit you. And then, and Krusty's the, voiceover kicks. Yeah, Krusty's voiceover said, you know, "Dad wanted me to follow in his footsteps, but the pull of clowning was too strong." And he's standing here in front of Yiddle's jokes, uh, uh-huh. Yiddle's practical jokes, magic tricks, and medical supplies. Yeah. Um, but this uh, th- Yiddle's will not. This will not be the last time we see Yiddle's mm, in this episode. They no. have a nice callback to it later yes. on. Yes. So we learned that he. Krusty um, got his first big laughs at yeshiva, which I think is. Hebrew school. There is a yeshiva college too. Did you know that Mm-mm. they were in the news recently? I saw a TikTok about it oh. because I follow the SCOTUS blog uh-huh. on TikTok, and apparently they did not want to recognize their LGBT student alliance. Oh, I've heard. Okay, yeah. I don't think I realized that that was that, like the context of it. Mm-hmm. Like 
the college. Okay. And anyway, essentially, the court, I think, is uh, in uh, the court more or less said, well, you need to sort of leaving the door open in one way or another. I don't really know all the details of the case, but uh, Yeshiva, instead of acquiescing to the rule of the court, they have canceled all of their students. Yes, groups. that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. I did. I heard about that. Um, I don't know if I like, was listening while you were on I TikTok think, I or what. I think you were. Yeah. Cause I was sitting next to you when I watched it. Oh, okay. Well, the word of the day is acquiesce. <laughs> <laughs> I've used it twice. This is Robert's 50 cent word. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the the reason he got his big first laugh, he, he was impersonating his father. Yeah. We cut to blah, 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 baby Moses. crusty. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the children are, are laughing. And then in comes um, Rabbi Krastovsky ha- Hyman. Hyman. Uh-huh. Unfortunate name, but <laughs> that's all right. Um, and then... Uh, the kids all turn around, gasp, and yeah. he's in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he chokes him. That's just like oh, a la Bart. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Homer turns to Bart in this instance. We see them in the in the dining room, and he says, "Boy, you don't have to follow my footsteps." And Bart says, "Don't worry, I don't even like using the bathroom after you." Hey-o. And we get <laughs> so at the end of the crusty scene, Hyman is choking Krusty, uh-huh. and at the end of this. Homer's like, why you little and chokes Bart. So yeah. very parallel scenes there. So um, Lisa beckons him to continue here. Mm-hmm. And Hershey, or Hershey, Hershey, Herschel. <laughs> Krusty. Krusty uh, says, my father tried to, by the way, I'm, uh, you, you know, like one of my favorite delis in the whole wide world is Herschel's Deli uh-huh. at Reading Terminal Market. Uh-huh. I just wanted to throw that out there. If any of our listeners happen to be near Philadelphia at some point, go to Reading Terminal Market and get you one of their Rubens or Rachel's at Herschel's. The sandwich will be expensive, but it will be not only huge, but Worth amazing. It. Uh, Caitlin and I are talking about maybe going to Philadelphia uh, sometime later this year, and we are going to go there because y- you will love it. Okay. And it'll be good. Sounds good. All right. So. <laughs> All right. Anyways. So uh, we, this is where uh, Krusty tells the family um, his father tried to extinguish his comedy bug, uh-huh. but it didn't work. And we, this we, is, ve- oh, go ahead. We get a really great scene here. Yeah. So uh, uh, we, we see Hyman at the door of a bathroom. You know, he says, what are you doing in that bathroom? He's beating on the door. Inside we hear, go away. <laughs> <laughs> Open this door this instant. And he Busts open the door, mm-hmm. and Krusty is standing there with a seltzer bottle, and he's... He spritzes all over himself. Spooges the seltzer all over his He blows face. his wad. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, an obvious parallel to a, a different sort of scene. Yeah. Why am I, why am I mincing words here? Well, since when do we do that on this? I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, it's an obvious parallel to a masturbation scene. Yeah, but, but it's not. It's him with his little seltzer bottle. Yep. And then... Um, yeah, it, it, so, you but know. It, it, Hyman does not approve of this business. Of course but not. Krusty continues to say, Then came my big break at the Talmudic conference in the Catskills. I was the entertainment, but the Lord works in mysterious... Uh, yes, uh, and I was the entertainment, but the Lord works in mysterious ways. Yeah, so this is where he's like got the makeup on. He's beginning to look like the Krusty we know. Uh-huh. Um, he's doing his little... Uh, He's doing his act. He's like doing balloon animals. He makes a menorah, but it is not, it is 
only six candles instead of nine. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> or seven candles. Yeah, he, uh, he, I mean, he's got the hilarious, you know, giant clown pants on that are held up by the suspenders there. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, he's got the big feet. He's performing for the uh, for the conference here, and of course, Hyman is in the audience, mm-hmm. and he is. He's bragging. He's bragging. He's exaggerating. It's pointed yeah. out by his friend. But he says, you know, my son Herschel was the first in his yeshiva class. And as a matter of fact, he was voted most likely to hear God. And his friend says, go on, Hyman. You're exaggerating again. You're so proud of your son. Uh, and they are speaking, of course, in the very common uh, Yiddish cadence that mm-hmm. I don't, I can't So really... this is what I was going to bring up earlier. The voice of... Hyman Kristofsky is Jackie Mason. Oh, okay. Who, what, I don't know a lot about Jackie Mason, but he was, uh, he was a Jewish entertainer. Uh-huh. Um, he, I mean, he died in 2021, so he he's around for a long time, but yeah. he was an American stand-up comic and actor, um, and he... He was um, born Jewish. His His birth name was... Yaakov Moshimaza. Wow. Yeah, and um, I believe was he born in was he born in like Russia? He was born in Wisconsin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I mean, I'm assuming his parents were probably immigrants. My, did you know that my uh my family uh came through Russia? Have I ever told you that? Yeah. So like my 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 grandparents were Germans, but they were Germans who were living in Russia. And they came to America around the time of the Bolsheviks uh, and landed in, all of all places, North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, he was born in Sheboygan, which is a fun word to say. It is a fun word. Yeah, um, he came from a family of strict Orthodox Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, he came from a long line of rabbis, including his father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather, and his great-great-grandfather. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so this is all on um, Wikipedia. But I don't... I don't see it here, but I'm wondering if he was in the Yiddish theater in New York. Uh-huh. Um, he died in New York, but I don't know. But like the Yiddish theater was like a major thing in the in the early 20th century. Oh, uh, like and it. I mean, obviously it faded away, but uh-huh. it was like as big as uh, as Broadway. But oh, it was all Yiddish. And I, remember, they did like a production of Fiddler on the Roof a few years ago. That was in Yiddish. Yeah, Yiddish. I remember that. Yeah, so like Yiddish that was theater them? was Yiddish theater, or it, it was, or it was you're just referencing. The it production. was just yeah, it was like paying an homage. I see, I see. Yeah. So um, anyway, but Jackie Mason, like a very pertinent person to play this role. Uh huh. Um, also, something I didn't bring up either, and I did not know this because uh, I'm not familiar with the film. This episode is a parody of the Jazz Singer. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, you know I haven't seen that. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't so seen any in that, movie. So <laughs> in that film, the father of the jazz singer is a rabbi ah, and wants his kid to follow in his footsteps. Gotcha. And he doesn't. He becomes a jazz singer. Yeah. I Yeah. It, that is, that's what this is about. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so. so anyway, I thought I'd bring that up because it's important. Um it's yeah. It, those I think those lines are, are are very important in in that culture. You know, we see we see a lot of uh, Hasidic Jew Jewish people who come in at certain times of the year uh, at at work, mm-hmm. and those uh, those folks are you know you can you you can well you can see them right away. You you can see them from a mile away, uh, but there's an obvious 
and, and apparently very strict order because if I talk to one of the, the women or the girls in the group, they will look at the men mm-hmm. and the men will respond. There's a really interesting documentary about um, the Hasidic Jew population uh-huh. in I, in Brooklyn, in New York. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's very like stringent like rules mm-hmm. obviously i will say though i love it when new yorkers come in and take tours because new yorkers expect to tip and they tip well yeah <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah so yeah yiddish theater is a thing it's not something i know a lot about obviously but um that's crazy to me that i don't really know anything about that being a theater major i feel like i should yeah, have known about that well it's i mean and obviously it 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 um it fizzles out after world war two uh-huh. for obvious reasons. Right. Um, right. but anyway, it's, it's just interesting that like th- there were like these total parallel worlds yeah. in, you know, like early mid 20th century. New York. Uh-huh. So, huh? Well, there you go. Yep. So anyways, uh, Hirsch, uh, or excuse me, Hyman is, uh, bragging about, uh, crusty to his, uh, to his friend there. Mm-hmm. And he says, you're exaggerating again. He says, a rabbi would never exaggerate. A rabbi composes. He creates thoughts. He tells stories that may never have happened, but he does not exaggerate. So he might outright lie, but he's, mm-hmm. uh, but anyways, uh, the, uh, uh, the performer, who is crusty in his clown makeup as a disguise, not really an intentional disguise, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, is up there, and the voiceover comes back to say, my father would never have suspected a thing if it were not for one rowdy rabbi, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fun, also a fun phrase to say, one rowdy rabbi. One rowdy rabbi, yep. And uh, anyways, uh, the, uh, the rowdy rabbi stands up and says, hey, funny man, and he sprays him with the seltzer bottle, mm-hmm. and the makeup comes off, and there we see... Herschel. Yeah. And and Papa <laughs> Hyman is not pleased. No, he's not. He says, You have brought shame on he's this is while he's on stage. He yeah. says, You have brought shame on our family. If you were a musician or a jazz singer, yep, ah, this I could forgive, but this I never want to see you again. You you clown. Yeah, so like direct reference to the jazz singer there. Yeah. Um <clears throat> And we learned that since this time, he has not seen his father mm-hmm. since. Um, so now we're back at the table. So like all that was happening just in flashback, mm-hmm. in memory here. Yeah. So Lisa's being very sympathetic. She's telling him it's so sad. She, uh, I think it's Lisa who asks if he thinks about his father a lot. And, mm-hmm. and Crusty responds all the time. Yeah. Except when I'm at the track. Then it's all business. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Uh, after this, we cut to the interior of the Simpsons living room. It's obvious that Krusty is still up and peppy, but everyone else is ready for him to leave. Yeah, it's the the lighting in this episode, especially the the dining room scene at this point and the living room scene. It's very dark. Uh-huh. I don't know if that was intentional to show that it was getting late in the living room. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but the dining room scene, it was like. Oh, what is going on here? Well, when I think when they opened the door for both him and Millhouse, it it's dark, dark outside. outside. So mm-hmm. it's just a late dinner, I suppose. Or yeah. maybe it's maybe later it's, in the year. Yeah. Maybe it's a 7 30, 8 p.m. dinner. Exactly. Um, so he's going through a photo album. Yep. Look and it's at, all photos of Homer and Bart together. Yeah, they're really hammering this father-son element home here. Yeah. So and he's like, I can't believe that the little boy in the picture is you. 
Um, and then Bart says, yeah, he's got a lot of farm memories. Bart is like not having it. Yeah. He's, he's everyone's tired. Yeah. Millhouse is asleep and, um, Marge tries to save the day. Look at the time yeah. almost midnight, but Krusty pops right back yep. up. Do you have any yearbooks? Homer responds, no, that's it. You've seen everything. Uh-huh. And then he turns to Milhouse. He says, so Milhouse, you know any knock-knock jokes? And Milhouse starts crying immediately. <laughs> he says he wants to go home. Uh-huh. And then Homer, and Marge t- tells Homer to take Milhouse home. So he does. Yep. And then <laughs> Krusty comes back into the frame with a um, VHS tape. And he's like, wow, a concert for Bangladesh. <laughs> and then finally... Eventually, some undetermined time later... Yeah. He actually is leaving. So we cut from the Bangladesh to the exterior as Krusty is leaving. Yeah, and Bart says, Good night, Krusty. Sorry about your dad. Uh-huh. And um and Krusty tells him, Don't worry about me, I'm a survivor. And then he realizes he's like, Hey, did I leave the heat keys inside? And everyone says, No. no. Yeah. Oh, right, here they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they board and us, then he, slam the door yeah, out. Yeah, he doesn't have a car, but uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So then he's walking home. Yep, he's crusty. He, is depressed. Yeah, you know, they, they slam the door and he just sort of slumps there. And he goes and he looks. You know, he's walking around. There's a newsstand that's open, I suppose. And he is looking at various things. There's my favorite, which was Ballpoint Pen Digest. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also a modern Jewish father, mm-hmm. and he starts to tear up. He cries there. Mm-hmm. He then uh, is inside of the bus station. And he's watching TVs that he's putting a quarter into. I don't know that I've ever seen that before. Uh, Maybe that was. Oh, yeah. They used to have those in the airport, like little TVs attached to the chairs. Oh, really? I was always very fascinated by those. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So he's watching. um, Hold on. Where is it? Welcome. Oh, wait. Hercules versus the Martians. Yeah. He's watching. Yeah. And then, uh, and then what we do is we cut to the interior of uh, Hyman Christofsky's home, mm-hmm. uh, presumably so because he's in bed. Mm-hmm. And the phone rings. He picks it up. No one is talking. He says, hello, hello, anybody there? What's this? I hear a phone ring, and all of a sudden, there's nothing. I'm listening. There's no talking. Hello, mister, who are you? Apparently, this is another plot device from Raging Bull. Oh. In which Robert De Niro's character calls his father but never has the courage to speak to him. Oh, really? Yeah. Thank you, Wiki, for pointing that out, because oh. I never would have known. <laughs> have, you, have you seen Raging Bull? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. No. I also have not seen okay. Raging Bull. <laughs> ah. um, anyways, uh, the point here is that Krusty can only bring himself so far as to dial the number, but he cannot bring himself far enough to speak to his father. And we then cut to the set of the itchy... Ins- or excuse me. Uh, we, we, we then cut to the uh, Krusty the Clown show. We have uh, an itchy and scratchy cartoon where Scratchy and his little kitten are out in the field uh, and they're enjoying each other's company. When comes a oh, it's Field of Screams. Field of Screams. Oh, there we go. Yes, Field of Screams. Um, and here comes a thrashing machine driven by Itchy and his little mm-hmm. little little mouse uh, son. Uh, again, hitting home this whole father son dynamic. Yeah. And, and, and like they end, they of course run over Scratchy and his son, and then they end up playing catch with Scratchy's head. Yeah. <laughs> so Krusty is very much touched by this, even though it's a, you know, it's clearly uh, 
awful. Yeah. And anyway, uh, he starts to cry. He has to cut to commercial. And Bart and Lisa are in their living room, and they realize, man, he needs help. Mm-hmm. Lisa... <laughs> Lisa says, uh, being introspective as usual, says the man who envies our family is the man who needs help. Yeah. Um, so they decide that they're going to take action. Uh-huh. And they are going to go talk to Reverend Lovejoy because they want to be able to find Heim- yeah, Hyman Christofsky, the right. rabbi. So they're sitting in Lovejoy's office, and they say, we need you to help us find a rabbi. And he says, well, before you make any rash decisions here, you know, the church is changing to meet the needs of young Christians. Uh, and they point out that that's what they want. They want to, they want to find Rabbi Krostovsky. Yeah, he, find- they, he, he thinks they're converting, and they're like, oh, no, no, that's not it. Yeah, and come to find out, uh, he, he knows, uh, not only knows him, he's, he's with him very regularly. He does a call-in show uh, on the radio every Sunday night. They say, we didn't know that. He says, oh, I mention it in my sermon every week. And they Bart goes, oh, yeah, of course. That, that radio yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, that's where we, uh, uh, he gives them a t-shirt and we find out that the show is called Gabin About, or Gabin, Gabin About, about God. God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bart also butters him up a little bit more because he says that the radio shows all the kids talk about on Monday at school. So, um you know, they're, they're sweet talking Reverend Lovejoy. And, and they ask, finally, can you give us the rabbi's address? Yeah. So he has to check his non-Christian Rolodex. Uh-huh. And anyway, so they get the address. They head over to the Temple Beth Springfield. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I was reading in Genesis yesterday. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I uh, realized where Bethel comes from. It's a well that... Um, that Isaac digs in the desert. Oh, <laughs> there you okay. Go. So anyways, we uh, got a big Bethel here. That's right. <laughs> big Bethel. That's, every time I, every time I say that big Bethel, I think, I think, uh, I think about like large Marge. Yeah. I think about like some, big some big sassy lady, uh, uh, unsinkable Molly Brown style yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> anyways. Um, uh, so they go in, they're going into the temple and, uh, Hyman is in there reading from the Torah. Presumably it's the Torah. Uh-huh. It is in Hebrew and it's on a scroll. Uh-huh. And uh, they walk in and they say, excuse us. And he says, what can I do for you, my young friend? And he's, uh, they say, we came to talk to you about your son. And there's an immediate turning mm-hmm. from the rabbi. I have no son. And they slam the door and Bart, this, this is a good, good this gag is, Yeah, this one's funny. Bart says, oh, great. We came all this way and it's the wrong guy. And, and then he opens the door back up and he goes, I didn't mean that literally. And slams it again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So then we cut to the uh, KBBL studios. KBBL. Uh, and they are. <laughs> this, have I we been this... to the studios before? Uh-uh. Yeah. We just heard them. We've just heard of Yeah, so here we are. We, we see the uh, the famous KBBL uh, radio tower. Uh-huh. And the DJ says, and in order to keep our broadcasting license, we devote Sunday night dead time to public service shows of limited appeal. Uh-huh. And that's when we see that, oh, this is about Gavin about God. Yes. Yep. So we have the uh, we have Reverend Timothy Love, Lovejoy, Monsignor Kenneth Daly, and Rabbi Hyman Krostovsky. Christo- Lord, yeah. help me. Um this, I think, was the first time I've heard someone say the the word or title. Monsignor. Monsignor since. I said Monsignor, didn't I? Yeah. Monsignor since um, the uh, Netflix show that we watched. Oh, um, 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 Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass, yes. Yeah. yes the, one. the one I kept wanting to call, like, the final congregation or something <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, right. Midnight Mass. Uh, 
if you had watched Sister Act growing up, you would know that the the priest in that is a Monsignor. It, what is Monsignor? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was. I assume if it's just a regular old priest, they would call him just Father, right? right? Um, but he's uh, he's got to be more than just a priest. He's uh, uh, something to do with the bureaucracy of the Catholic Church, I guess. Yeah, it's an honorific form of address or title for certain male clergy members, usually members of the Roman Catholic Church. Usually, huh? Oh. I mean, this is Wikipedia, so take uh-huh. that for what you will. Uh, it's Italian, meaning my lord. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I assumed it was something along the lines of, like, my superior or something like that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, there you go. I mean... I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, they are at Gabin about God, and uh, they're starting to take call-ins, and so someone first calls in and says, hi. Oh. Sorry. The title Monsignor is normally used by clergy men who have received one of three classes of papal honors. Uh, oh, there you go. Protonotary apostolic. <laughs> That's not how you say that. Protonotary ap- apostolic. Ap- apostolic. Ap- Apostolic. I'm, 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 I probably has something to do with apostle. Apost- yeah. Uh-huh. An honorary prelate or chaplain of his holiness. Okay. So there you go. There's your answer, Fishbulb. Uh-huh. So they start to take the call-in. Uh, they take call-ins, and it says, uh, Hi, with all the suffering and injustice in the world, do you ever wonder if God really exists? And we all get, no, not for a second, not at all. That's the answers in succession right yep. there. <laughs> and the, and the, the host the, says, the, yeah, the great, DJ's good like, conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and then um, he takes the next call. It's for the good rabbi. Uh-huh. And then it's just... Heavy breathing. Yeah, so we know who's on the other side of that line. Yep. It's Presty, of course. Yep. And then um, he goes, some people got nothing to do but call and hang up. He says it exactly like that. Yep. <laughs> some people got nothing to do. <laughs> Shut up. Well, that's what he says. It is. <laughs> and then, Maybe my, my cadence is off. <laughs> can, you, can you try and imitate it? Some people got nothing to do. You gotta, some, people well, got. <laughs> some people got nothing to do but call and hang up. <laughs> Mwah. That's my that's my chef's kiss for you. Thank you. <laughs> and then, of course, we get uh, Bart calling in. Uh-huh. Uh, Bart lies. He says, hello, my name is Dimitri. I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener. My question is, if a son defies his father and chooses a career that makes millions of children happy, shouldn't the father forgive his son? And then we go back around the panel again. Reverend, Lovejoy. Reverend Lovejoy says, I think so. Monsignor. Says, yes, of course. And then the rabbi. No hesitation says, no way, absolutely not, never. And then he says, who screens these calls? Who's in charge here? (laughs) There's nobody in charge. So uh, he's upset. Yep. And uh, so, man, this guy's this guy's tough. And but then Bart turns to Lisa and says, don't worry, Lisa, I got a plan that can't fail. So Bart is now in Yiddle's joke shop. Good to see that Yiddle's has been around all this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's getting, um, he's getting a novelty beard and uh-huh. eyebrows and a little outfit. So he's gonna, he's gonna, um, infiltrate the, the community. Yep. And, uh, so he goes and he, he, yeah. he's gone to the very famous, the, these very famous scenes of, there's always scenes of Jewish men at the chess tables. Uh, like outside. in the park. Yeah, yeah. In the park. And um, I was thinking about chess yesterday, and I was thinking about it this morning when I before I talked to you. That's why. <laughs> oh. Um, 
So, anyways, I, I was thinking about I was thinking about chess yesterday because I was like, I I would love to get better at chess, and I was like, I have a chess set, but if I set it up, the cat's gonna knock it all over yep. and break my pieces. Yep, that is true. So, anyways, um, uh, he uh, there. Th- this is uh, of course a place where these uh, these Jewish men, almost all of them, look as if they are rabbis. Um, they are discussing philosophic matters mm-hmm. and. Uh, Bart, uh, as uh, in his disguise, says, Speaking of charity, Rabbi Krostovsky, don't you think it's time you forgave your son? And then we get a little more outpouring mm-hmm. from the rabbi here. Don't you understand that the boy broke my heart? He turned his back on our traditions, on our faith, and on me. Get out of here, you little pisher. Uh, and uh, Bart, in this, this is where Bart actually says, Oi, this guy's tough. Yeah. So then um, we see Bart and Lisa together. Bart still has his little beard and his um, eyebrows on, uh-huh. which, are, which is funny. Um, and and uh, Lisa says, Bart, we've got to outsmart him. And then Bart's like, I don't know. He's pretty sharp. He saw he, right through this disguise. Yeah, and it's like, oh, he saw straight through the... the um, the beard and yeah, the hat like and this everything. tiny yes. little old man. Yeah. Of, cor- of course he saw through it. So anyways... Um, uh, we then see we're in uh, the rabbi's office, mm-hmm. gets a call. Mm-hmm. He says, what, Sal Bello? Uh, Nobel Prize winning Jewish novelist. Uh, he wants to have lunch with me. It's a date. Izzy's Deli, 1 o'clock. I'll be there. And then we cut to Krusty, who is getting a call. Uh-huh. Oh, the French government wants to give me the Legion of Honor. Where do I receive this prestigious award? <laughs> Izzy's Deli. Izzy Deli one at 1 o'clock. o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, the- Monsieur President. <laughs> Monsieur. I... I know, but that's what he says. It's Monsieur. Oh, okay. <laughs> Au revoir. So, hey, I spoke French to somebody yesterday. Did you? Uh huh. Good for you. You know what I said? I said, I said, I said, I, no, I, oh. I, I said, I said, uh, Monsieur, uh, je ne parle pas français, je suis désolé. <laughs> You're very sad. I said, I don't, I don't speak French. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't speak French. Uh, anyway. So then we cut to Izzy's Deli. Bart and Lisa are there. The waitress comes up and asks them if they're ready to order. And then uh, he says, they say, sorry, no, just another bowl of complimentary pickles. <sighs> there was a deli when I was a kid uh-huh. that you would go to and uh-huh. you'd get, you'd get a bowl of pickles. And it was really good. Mm-hmm. And then they closed and it was sad. I'm sorry. It's okay. Where but, else do you get pickles? There's some place we go where you can where they give you pickles uh, at the table. Is it a barbecue place? No. Um, anyway, I uh, where is it? I don't know, but there is some place yeah. that we we sometimes we haven't been there in a while. Obviously, clearly. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah. Oh, I know what it is. It's Ted's Montana Grill in Atlanta. Oh, yes, Ted's Montana Grill, which uh, and it, there there's more than just some in Atlanta. It's a small chain owned by Ted Turner. They specialize in bison. Uh, burgers and meat excellent excellent burgers um years and years ago this was like i think maybe like 20 years ago now i went for the first time and i got a burger and i got their kitchen sink burger which as you might imagine has lots of stuff on it it's the first time i had a fried egg on a burger and uh it was a an 18 dollar burger at that time and i was like 18 dollars god this better be the best burger i've ever had (laughs) lucky for them it It was was. the best burger i'd ever had anyways that's where they give you pickles Okay, so that, anyways, I don't think that's where I was thinking about. But oh, okay, that's fine. But uh, at any rate, uh, uh, the the <laughs> this is uh, this waitress has the same voice as Lunch Lady Doris. She says, "Watch how fast I go," uh-huh. and then walks over to where Hyman is sitting in his booth, and says, 
And for you, sir, uh, I want a nice sandwich, but the Joey Bishop, too fatty. The Jackie Mason, I don't know, sauerkraut ma- makes me gassy. Hey-o. The Bruce Willis, uh, I don't even like his work. And what's this? The Krusty the Clown. Uh, she says, ham, sausage, bacon, and a smidge of mayo. We had a friend bring this to one of our Simpsons party. Yes. And it was really good. <laughs> yes, it was very good. I mean, how could it not be? It's all meat and it's, mayonnaise, yeah, but... I think I've seen this sandwich in other places that have been referred... It's been referred to as salute to pork. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, that just clicked with me. I, I did not pick up on that as oh, we were yeah. watching it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, so uh, you may have heard us say before on the show that... Uh, we have on a couple of occasions had Simpsons watch nights and uh-huh. we encourage people to bring Simpsons themed food. And yeah, one of the things that our friend, I think it was Amy, our friend Amy, uh, she brought was the crust of the clown and she put together this sandwich and, and it was, it was, was really good. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think somebody brought a $20 peanut as well. There's some other, fun yeah, stuff. there's been some fun things. So, I don't think anybody's ever brought 64 slices of American cheese. <laughs> But I wouldn't be mad about it. That would be good. Yeah. Especially if uh, we had like burgers alongside. They'd all be stuck together. That'd be awful. We did make steamed hams uh, for one. Yeah. Uh, And somebody brought butterscotch chicken. (laughs) Which was not terrible. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's been a lot of fun. So anyways, uh, 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 this offends Hyman because it's uh, ham, bacon, sausage, obviously. Lots of pork products on white bread. And she said, or he, he says to the waitress, he says, listen, you tell Mr. Sal Bellow that the Nobel Prize winning, the Nobel Prize winning Jewish novelist that I lost my appetite and he storms out. And then, of course, after he storms out, in comes Krusty. Uh-huh. Uh, Krusty asked the lady if, <laughs> if he could direct, um, if, if she could direct him to Mr. Uh, President Mitterrand's table. Uh-huh. And everything, he... <laughs> She says, do you think you're funny? Yeah, and he goes, 50 million Frenchmen, can't be wrong. So then we cut back to Bart and Lisa. Yeah. And they acknowledge that this is not going to work. So Lisa says, we've been going about this all wrong. What's the one thing rabbis prize, rabbis prize more above everything else? And Bart says, those hats? And she goes, no, Bart, knowledge. So we're going to hit him where it hurts, right in the Judica. Judaica? Judaica. Judaica? Yeah. <laughs> um... Then the, they... I was trying to pronounce it like Boudicca, the goddess, uh, the, the Celtic goddess, Boudicca. Oh, no. <laughs> or was she a queen? I think she was a queen. I don't know. Anyway, still yeah. against Roman invasion. <laughs> so uh, they, uh, Bart and Lisa go to the library. Uh-huh. They're going to research everything and, and write letters to Ra- uh, Rabbi Krastovsky. Yep. Um, uh, Lisa's doing research. Bart is Bart's playing. Through. Bart's playing with a pop-up book uh-huh. that uh, clearly depicts the Old Testament. Have you ever seen the pop-up book I made when I was a kid? I don't think so. I made it in Tag, the Talented and Gifted program. Oh, I, I wow. was, you know, like how I dropped that, everybody? Yeah. I wasn't Talented and Gifted. Uh-huh. And, uh, on Thursdays. On Thursdays, that's right. That's why Thursday is my favorite day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it still is, and it's just a remnant of that. Because Old I got habits to go die hard. That's right. Uh, anyways, uh, I made a pop-up book about the Loch Ness Monster. Oh. And so when we go home, or when we go down to Atlanta, uh, I will, I think it's sitting right there on those matchstick shelves, you know what I'm talking about, in my living room. Yeah. The ones with the matchsticks. My mother, like, crafted matchsticks into a pattern on the side of one of them. This was a long time ago. I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, uh, I think it's sitting Is right there. Is it where there. she puts the pumpkins? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, that I, she turned the the jack o' lanterns that she turns around for Thanksgiving. 
hey, that's nothing if not efficient. I know, it's true. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think it's sitting right there on that shelf. I'll see if it's still there. Okay. I'll show it to you. Okay. So Bart's playing with the pop-up book. Lisa's doing, uh, she's writing down a bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. And she hands Bart the letter. She says, take it to him. Yeah. And so he does. And so he walks, he, he goes and sees Rabbi, uh, the rabbi at his office, and he says, uh, I told you to go away. But Bart says, but Rabbi, does it not say in the Babylonian Talmud, and I quote, a child should be pushed aside with the left hand and drawn closer with the right. Uh-huh. And then he says, yeah. He says, well, then doesn't your religion command that you make up with Krusty? He says, but in Exodus, the fifth commandment says, honor thy father and thy mother. I was thinking here, I bet that the writers were steering away from this because... It's it's distinctly Christian because it's Christ who says it, but the Jewish people regard Christ as as a wise prophet, do they not? In Exodus? No, not in Exodus. No, oh. no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about. I'm I'm I'm, I'm on a different quote here. Oh, okay. But I was just going to bring up the prodigal son. Uh, oh. Pa- the parable of the prodigal son. Yeah, I I I, I will not even pretend to know. <laughs> anything about this i think that that is the case and i actually think that at one point in the series uh hyman says we think he was a good man but not the messiah we think he was a prophet we think he was a good man but not the messiah anyways i just thought about that while we were talking about this because i've been thinking a lot about like religious things recently okay uh because i've been reading a lot anyways all that is to say that he says but the the in exodus the fifth commandment says honor thy father and thy mother end of story uh and so, oh, the door's shut. Yep. Well, that's so then hopeless. Not the, quite, says Lisa. Yeah, we're back at the library. Uh-huh. Uh, she found some stuff from the ra- uh, rabbi, Simon Ben Elazar. Mm-hmm. Um, at all times, let a man be supple as to read and not rigid as cedar. Yes, Bart delivers this to him in the uh, sauna with the others, and they approve of this. They go, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, but Bart, my short learned friend, this I didn't catch. My short learned friend. I didn't. Uh, I think that... I think what we're seeing here maybe is a subtle, a subtle notion that He's, the rabbi is taking a shining to Bart, right? Uh, because he refers to him with respect. He's mm-hmm. not like slamming the door in his face like right. it was. He's he says, he, he's softening him up yeah, like a reed. That's right. not a cedar. Supple like a reed. Yeah. Uh, he says, but Bart, my short learned friend, the book of Joshua says, you shall meditate on the Torah all day and all night. And then we get the approval of uh-huh. the other men around him. Oh man, they're having a hard time here. Back yep. to the library. Bart then delivers to uh, to uh, to Hyman while he is circumcising a child. Yes. He says, is it not written in the Talmud? Who will bring redemption? The jesters. And he says, I'm sorry, my friend. I'm still not convinced. And this is hardly the time or the place. <laughs> do you, Are the rabbis the ones that perform the bris? I do believe I so. I always thought it was a moil. I always thought it was the rabbis, but I'm basing that solely on Mel Brooks, who portrayed a rabbi (laughs) in Men in Tights. (laughs) Well, I don't know if the Moyle and the rabbi are one and the same, or if they're two separate people. The rabbi just happens to be there. Yeah, I don't know. I've got a long way to go to learn about Judaism. Uh, Luckily, we have a friend who has offered a lot of Jewish help to us. Um, uh, 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 Doug. Oh yes, of course. Uh, and yeah, he has he has offered me a lot of like uh, historic Jewish texts and whatnot oh, okay. things to help me with, and I think he's really excited about the prospect of me reading or attempting at some point to learn to read Hebrew. Oh well, uh, which is a great thing to have a Jewish person who I don't know that he can read it. I think that he like I think he like most Jewish men can read it phonetically. You it, there's a duo he, Hebrew. 
Duolingo has Hebrew. Is it biblical Hebrew though? No. Yeah, that's anyways. Just regular. What 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 I mean to say though is that um, I think that when they read the when they read the Torah at the Oh, what is it? The coming of age ceremony. bar mitzvah. The bar mitzvah, yeah. Bar or bat mitzvah, bat mitzvah. depending. Uh, anyway, um, uh, when they read the Torah, I think they're just reading it phonetically, and they're not actually reading the words, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I don't know. Uh, do you know? I'd, I Help us out. I, I mean, know. I think they do. There, it's like Hebrew school. There's Hebrew school. Uh huh. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Jamie sings about it in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> right. As long as you're not from Hebrew school. That's right. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm I'm showing my shiksa here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's very clever. Uh, Good for you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure about that. But And I say, hey, I have, hey, shiksa guys. Yeah. I have been someone. to a bar mitzvah. It was fun. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Um. When I was younger, did they do obviously. any fun dances or anything? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like it was like a, I remember there was like a ceremony, and then there was a luncheon, and uh-huh. then there was like a party, uh-huh. like late at night. I don't. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I was in Fiddler on the Roof once. <laughs> <laughs> I was Laser Wolf. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I will never forget because they. First of all, every one of us up there was. Just, just white as the clouds in the sky. Uh-huh. <laughs> like we were, we were, every one of us. But like, uh, they did the bottle dance, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, they put the bottles on their hats, and to keep the bottles on, they were just props. They had uh-huh. Velcro on. Uh-huh. Well, the Velcro did a great job, especially one night when one bottle had was leaning clearly, <laughs> like at a forty-five degree <laughs> angle, off to the side. And everyone in the audience was just cracking up. Of course. And I being, I was in. You were very serious about it, I was. You? Uh, I was not in the dance. I was in the scene because it was the uh, to life uh, when when Laser Wolf and Tevya make the agreement that he will marry Zeit. No, who does he marry? Not Zeitel. Hava? Uh-huh. Is, no, Hava marries the tailor. Anyways, when, when, one when, of the daughters. I think later Laser Wolf to marry Zeitel. I think that's right. Anyway, uh, one of the daughters. Uh, all that's happening around, and I was on stage, and I was just so mortified. Of course, you like, were. Like nowadays, I would I would laugh. I would, like Robert would laugh on stage at that as Laser Wolf. Right. Um, but I was so mortified at that moment because this stupid bottle was at a forty five degree angle, and everyone was having a good time. Yeah. Who cares? It's the theater. <laughs> yeah. So Bart and Lisa are back at the library. Yeah. Lisa's come up with one more thing. She says it's a long shot, but it's all I can do without learning ancient Hebrew. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then. Uh, Bart kind of gives her a look and she's like, no, Bart, I'm not learning ancient Hebrew. <laughs> Which is, you know. Which is so funny because we literally had a conversation about biblical Hebrew earlier this we are, morning. We are having, uh, I am almost having a biblical Hebrew theme day. <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, I, I think we've said this before, but I, for a long time, have celebrated theme days, which is if something that is unusual comes up uh, either in conversation or on TV or something like that, three times within a 24-hour period, then I celebrate it as a theme day. Something you normally wouldn't. Yeah. So come for across. in this example, it's biblical Hebrew. Yeah. Like if somebody, so if somebody like randomly brings up biblical Hebrew one more time within the next like 
I don't know, 18 hours, yeah. uh, you will have a biblical Hebrew theme day. Yeah. And so we'll have a little, we'll have a little mini party by which I mean, I'll go, Oh, I'm having a theme yep. day. <laughs> I, I, I have very, I have a lot of mere theme days, but normally it's that third reference that just eludes it's me. It's the one that gets you. Yeah. I, so. One was a Tony Kushner angels in America theme day. The wow. other day. <laughs> but yeah. I, did, I, I didn't get that third. Oh no. I didn't get that, that third reference. That would have been a great theme day. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> that would have been a very depressing un- a unique theme day yeah yeah <laughs> there, there you go that's a better way of putting maybe it. maybe we wouldn't have a party for that one <laughs> yeah 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 that's 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 obscure yep that's an obscure thing to have i know especially like it would be one thing i think to have ah oh, man i don't know like i it's like it's one thing to be like oh uh tony kushner is jewish i'm assuming i don't know of his name uh, but uh, like it would like just for example, like it would be like one thing to have like Jewish entertainer theme day, right? Mm-hmm. Where people are just talking about Jewish entertainers. But it's another thing to have a specifically uh, Mel Mel Brooks theme day, right? Mm-hmm. Like where somebody specifically mentions Mel Brooks as opposed to like mentioning you know one of his movies or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. all. Hey, look, we're at like an hour and a half right yeah, now. Let's, so let's, let's get through the rest. Let's of this wrap here. this up. So. Uh, so Finally, Lisa and Bart show up at the park. Yeah, this is this is the long shot that we mentioned about thirty minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so Bart comes in and he says, "But Rabbi did not a great man say?" And I quote: "The Jews are a swinging bunch of people. I mean, I've heard of persecution, but what they went through is ridiculous. But the great thing is, after thousands of years of waiting and holding on and fighting, they finally made it." End quote. And Hyman responds, I've never heard the plight of my people phrased so eloquently. Who was that? Rabbi Hillel? Nope. Uh, J- Judah the pious? Nope. Maimonides? That's, the, that's somebody I quote a lot. Uh-huh. It's Maimonides. Uh, uh, oh, I got it. Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm afraid not, Rabbi. Uh, it's from Yes, I Can by Sammy Davis Jr., an <laughs> entertainer like your son. The candy man? The candy man? <laughs> If a performer can think that way, then maybe I'm completely upside down on this whole problem. And he immediately falls into sorrow. Yeah. Uh, uh, almost like a sackcloth kind of moment, like wailing and sailing uh, in, in sackcloth. <laughs> He's yeah. Like, All, the All the years of joy, joy I've lost. Yeah. Why? Because of my stubborn ways. Uh. Yeah. They comfort him. And they Lisa say it's says, not too late. It's not too late. Let me tell you something, y'all. It's not too late. I tell this to people sometimes. They'll talk about like being estranged from family members because of some kind of drama or something. It's not too late. You can you can reach out, and they might not receive you, but the virtue is in show them this episode and show them. That's right. <laughs> Just show up and put on the Simpsons. Yeah, you're like, hey, <laughs> look at this. Uh, so then we cut to the Krusty the Clown show. Uh huh. There's a big paper thing. Yeah, the, and and Krusty's trying to bust through it. He's having problems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he just sort of breaks through. I'm not like I'm not sure if he is just super duper depressed here, or if if he if he was supposed to be drunk a little bit i don't know but either way he's not having a great day and he goes today's show is going to be the funniest side splitting his cavalcade of uh, ah, to hell with it roll the cartoon yeah and he's off uh, off stage in the wings uh while the cartoon is running and he lights up a cigarette refers to them as my old friends right next to my mm-hmm. heart he and then man. <laughs> off screen yeah off screen somebody says hey such a filthy uh, habit and then Krusty responds. Who asked you? And uh-huh. then it's revealed that it's Hyman. It's Hyman. There mm-hmm. he is. Father, son, Papa, Herschel, Daddy, Boychick. I don't know if I heard that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, oh, Daddy, 
And uh, the stagehand comes over. I'm assuming it's the stage manager comes over mm-hmm. and says, you're on, Krusty. Uh-oh. Uh, and he walks out and he says, boys and girls, he wants to introduce his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, oh, this is one of my favorite bits of all time. Yeah, it's he goes, really I, like, I like to be serious for a moment. If I may, uh-huh. spotlight, please. Yep. And so the spotlight comes on. and He tries <laughs> to step into it. Yep. And, and we get the slide the, whistle. Yeah, the spotlight as, moves. Yep. <laughs> does it again. And then, and then he finally says, hey, guys, I'm not doing the spotlight bit. And you hear, like, this great little squeak of the light going to, as it moves to the correct position. Mm-hmm. Squeak, squeak. Yeah. He says, let's have a warm, wel- crusty welcome for my estranged father, Rabbi Hyman Krustovsky. They pull the curtains back and... Everybody cheers. Yeah. And then uh, Krusty turns to the band. Lenny, a little reconciliation music, if you please. Did you see the name of the band? It was... Uh, so, uh, it's, it's Krusty and the Crumbs. Krusty and the Crumbs, that's right. <laughs> And then I we did get, notice that, but I yeah. remember it. And then we get this, for what is for me a super iconic Simpsons song. I could have sung this song for you uh, before we ever before we watch this episode. I, I know it well. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, mine, papa, to me he was so wonderful. Oh, mine, papa, to me he was so good. Come on. No one could be so gentle and so lovable. No one could be. No, 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 no. Yeah. So that's a that's a song that uh, was written in 1939. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not a Simpsons song. Really? (laughs) Oh well, (laughs) uh, that's not that's German. 100%, y'all. That is not the only song that I have learned because of the Simpsons. (laughs) True. Uh, But anyways. Uh, everyone's having this heartfelt moment, and Krusty proclaims, we haven't seen each other in 25 years. <laughs> and uh, Hyman turns to him and says, I love you, son. He says, I love you too, daddy. Uh, and Bart and Lisa walk in. Bart hands Hyman a pie. He slaps it and uh, slams it on Krusty's face. Mm-hmm. Krusty laughs. Mm-hmm. Cut to credits. Yep. And that's it. That's the, that's the episode. I like this a lot. I mm-hmm. love this episode. I don't know that I liked it as much as you did, but it's 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 good. And uh-huh. it gives you backstory for like a pretty important character in Springfield. I really like this episode because we see, we get a good sense of loving relationships from people outside of the Simpsons. Yeah. And it's 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 fleshed out. You're, I mean, we also, yes, we get a lot of the backstory mm-hmm. of what's going on with Krusty in his life and what has happened in his life. We also get, isn't this also the first time we get part of Springfield referred to in what is obviously a section of New York City? Um, um, I, I don't know that that's n- it's necessarily the first time, but it's definitely like an obvious parallel. We, um, I think that what we get, uh, what I'm thinking about in is uh, in uh, Maggie's first word, Lisa's first word, Lisa's first word, the whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, where they're obviously living mm-hmm. in what is supposed to be New York City. Yeah, no, there's it, it, there's definitely parallels drawn to Springfield and New York often. Yeah. Um, I think the first time we really kind of see that is in Bart V. Thanksgiving when he goes to the bad side of town. And he's oh, like walking yeah, around. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, But I, it. I, it, it's not explicitly named like the Lower East Side, which yeah, but, is what but, it is here. But, but that episode sucks, so I don't want to count it. That's true. That's true. Non-canon. Okay. Uh, it, <laughs> no. Uh, uh, the only thing that I had written down otherwise is just that there are a lot of adult jokes in this mm-hmm. that I definitely did not catch when I was a little mm-hmm. when I was a little kid. The the beating on the bathroom door, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
that being like the most obvious. Uh huh. Um, I yeah, and I think too, like this is really one that doesn't focus on the Simpsons family. Bart and Lisa are there. Yeah, they play a significant role in it. Yeah, they're like catalysts for the whole thing, Uh but they're not the focus. And it's always good to have like a little refresher every now and then. Yeah, and to to say again, uh, there's no B-plot here. So it's not like the Simpsons have something else going on that we're interested in. Uh, necessarily it's just the story about Krusty and his father yeah and you and and you understand why Krusty is the way he is uh-huh. especially like the way he is in that first part where he's telling Miss um, Penny Candy to like cancel all the appointments and like yeah 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 you know and also like I think that what you get out of Krusty here uh, you know on the on the broader scale of the entirety of the series is that Krusty is partially the way he is because of this situation mm-hmm. with his father, but Krusty also is just kind of a a a, a mess up, a, a fuck up, you know. Yeah. He's just he's just he's a, he's 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 a gambler and a glutton and a womanizer and yeah. that really doesn't have anything and, and, to do with this. His public persona is so not what his private persona is. definitely yeah you know he's not a good influence apparently uh, i heard some years ago uh, matt graining i think say something along the lines of that he based crusty the clown on an actual clown uh mm-hmm. from his youth but he he said uh the clown has long since or the man has long since been gone mm-hmm. uh but uh, what he was saying was you know i hope that he didn't take offense that i made crusty's personal life so you know crazy so right uh, because his life was not that way well and it's like yeah like i can't think of an example right now but it's like what if mr rogers was like some crazy womanizer Uh or like drug user or whatever well we also have used the we we talked i think maybe last week or the week before about paul rubens slash peewee herman right uh, in that situation uh yeah so anyways I really like this episode. Uh, I guess you're probably not going to list this among the, uh, the bangers with <laughs> last week and this week. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I I have seen this one before. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it just, I know you were extra excited to, to watch it. And I was like, oh, this is one that, like, people reference a lot, uh-huh. like, you know, for whatever reason. Uh-huh. And I don't know that it lived up to that for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was good. I liked it uh-huh. for sure. But I don't know that I would count it as a banger. Well, I feel like uh, we, in order for us to count these as bangers, we have to come to an accord. So Yeah. Uh, uh, so then I'll, I will... I'll let that go. <laughs> but uh, but that being said, um, I think that it is worth noting that we, I mean, we're in, we're in a, the great storytelling age of the Simpsons right here. I, I, oh yeah. No, 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 no. Like, th- yeah, this, I, 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 like this falls with into golden era yeah. criteria I, for yeah. sure. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any argument uh, right. against that. So uh, I, it's, I, we're gonna have different opinions on certain things, and that's ter- that's totally fine. That's the whole point is to bring you along through and watch all of these through, so that we know the canon. And now we've got a lot more of Simpsons canon uh, just by this one episode. Yeah, I'm. So, I'm. Oh, uh, 
Krusty was inspired by a character named Rusty Nails, a Portland clown that Graining had described as a sweet and who sometimes had a Christian message, Uh but still scared Graining. Oh, (laughs) well, there you go. You know, um, that's that's just like one little snippet of a pretty long article. Oh, okay. So uh, anyway, I, I I did like this episode, but I just don't know that it was it's high up there for me. Okay, I, it doesn't breach the top five of of your of my favorites. Oh, of your all time favorites? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I don't know that I'd put it up okay. there either. So okay, uh, yeah, I'm not sure where I would rank it in terms of all time favorites. Maybe like top twenty. Top twenty five. Are we gonna be like coaster fanboys and like have to start <laughs> listing and like move things around? Oh as God, we... no. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, uh, we are we've gone along a lot longer than I thought that we would. So let's uh, go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, sure. Next week we have <gasps> Treehouse of Horror Two. Yay! Treehouse of Horror Two. As we finish this episode, the image of Marge walking out onto the stage to yep. warn the audience about it being scary popped up. Yep. So little Robert got very scared in that moment. I sure did. <laughs> I sure did because she said to get scared and yeah. I accepted what they gave me. Okay. Uh, so anyways, uh, that's going to be super exciting. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button uh, so that you catch that. We drop new episodes every Wednesday morning at 7.42 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, also, while you're doing that, make sure you go ahead and leave us a rating, the highest rating, please, on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And make sure you're following us on our social media. We are at Escalator to Nowhere Pod on Facebook and Instagram. You can also join the Escalator to Nowhere Facebook group. All you got to do is answer the questions and it'll let you in and also make sure you're following us on twitter at esk to nowhere pod if you'd like to reach out to us we'd love to hear from you you can reach out to us at escalator to nowhere pod at gmail.com yeah baby uh-huh all right well that was a rump yeah it was <laughs> we got warmed up feel it was, good it was a lot yeah got so. those juices flying <laughs> Yeah. Blew our wad got twice. The, got the seltzer flowing. <laughs> got the seltzer flowing. Yeah. That's good. All right, y'all. Well, we'll look forward to being here with you next week again with Treehouse of oh, Treehouse of Horror Two. But until then, I'm Robert. I don't know why I stopped. I'm, I'm Robert, <laughs> and I'm Season Simpson Sam. And I'm learning. And we are having a good oh, time. I'm oh. learning. I'm <laughs> Whoops. We're having <sighs> we're having tough times over here. That's okay. Uh, but we'll look forward to being here with you next week. And until then. See you later. Bye.